Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me again today on the Word Podcast. We're continuing our examination of the book of Daniel. We're in the fourth chapter of Daniel. And this chapter is where Nebuchadnezzar himself is recounting something that had occurred to him. He'd had a dream. He called in all the magicians and everybody, conjurers, Chaldeans, and they could not interpret the dream. So now he's called in Daniel. So let me go back and read uh, verses 8 and 9 out of chapter 4. We covered them in the previous episode uh, to set the context. And then we'll actually see what the vision or the dream was. Verse 8. But this is Nebuchadnezzar speaking now. But finally Daniel came in before me whose name is Belteshazzar, according to the name of my God, and in whom is a spirit of the holy gods. And I related the dream to him, saying, O Belteshazzar, chief of the magicians, since I know that a spirit of the holy gods is in you, and no mystery baffles you, tell me the visions of my dream, which I have seen along with this interpretation. Now, verse 10. He starts explaining what he saw. Now, these are the visions in my mind as I lay on my bed. So we get the context. He's laying on his bed and he's having visions in his mind. And, uh, you know, I don't know if he's asleep, if he's dreaming or if he's having a night vision where he's awake, but all of a sudden he sees something. I suspect it's that type of thing that he's not really sleeping, dreaming. He's having visions. Sometimes people struggle with that. They go, well, you know, God doesn't do that kind of thing. Yes, he does. You see it in the scripture. He does it today. I have friends that that the Lord gives visions like this. And they tell me, I've never experienced one like this. But they'll say, it's just like you're looking in the world and you're seeing exactly whatever you're looking at right now. Wherever you are in our time together here. You're looking around and you're seeing your environment. Then all of a sudden the environment changes and you see a vision. You see something different. So uh, he says, I have this vision. I was looking and behold, there was a tree in the midst of the earth, and its height was great. The tree grew large and became strong, and its height reached to the sky, and it was visible to the end of the whole earth. Its foliage was beautiful, and its fruit abundant, and in it was food for all. The beasts of the field found shade under it, and the birds of the sky dwelt in its branches. And all the living creatures fed themselves from it. So let me just interrupt it right here. He's describing what he's seeing here. And as I've mentioned in the previous dreams and in all the dreams that you see in Scripture, don't get distracted initially with what does this mean about this? What does this mean? What does this mean? Just pay attention to the facts. Just get very, very close heat. Read it slowly. You know, meditate upon and think about what is saying. Just, just the description. Not, okay, this must mean this, this must mean that. So often we get distracted. Well, I heard one preacher say this means this. I heard another teacher say that this means that. No, just pay attention. Just observe it. So what do we see here? There's a tree. And he sees this tree. And the tree is in the midst of the earth. Okay, in the midst of the earth. I think that means like in the middle of the earth. Let me check. I love it. When you check a word, you know, I'm using a computer here so I can click a button. And it'll pull, pull up the meaning and definition of how this word uh, is used. The word mist means midst. 
That's helpful, isn't it? <laughs> so it means it's on the earth. And the height of this tree was great. But then the tree grew large, okay, and it became stronger. And the height of it reached up to heaven, and it was literally visible to the ends of the whole earth. So this is the vision that he's having. And then he describes the tree, that the leaves are pretty, the foliage is beautiful, the fruit is abundant, and it has food for all. Then this one tree has food for all. The beasts of the earth found shades underneath it. The birds of the sky dwelt in its branches, and all living creatures fed themselves from it. So when you read it again like that, when you sort of pay attention to it, you realize, okay, this is a very important tree. There's something happening here. Everything is eating out of this tree. Everything is protected by this tree. Now let's continue. Verse uh, 13. I was looking in the visions in my mind. And that's a phrase that you'll see with uh, Nebuchadnezzar and with Daniel both. That when they're having the visions, they keep looking. You have it with John, as a matter of fact, when he was receiving the revelation. He kept looking and kept looking. So he says, I keep looking in the visions of my mind as I lay on my bed. And behold, a watcher, a holy one, descended from heaven. Now, quite often in uh, our English translations, it'll use the phrase an angelic watcher. As a matter of fact, it says that in the uh, New American Standard I'm reading right now. But I skipped it. Why did I skip it? Because angelic is in italics. Okay, it's printed in italics. And so what that means is that that word is not in the uh, original copies that we have, but it's placed within our language to where we have a better understanding about what's going on. Sometimes that's actually a form of commentary, and it communicates something that doesn't need to be communicated, such as the instance here. When you say an angelic watcher, then we are immediately thinking of a what? Of an angel, right? Because it says an angelic watcher. But that's not what is intended right here, to be just limited to that. Listen again what he says. I was looking at the visions of my mind on my bed, and behold, a watcher, a holy one, descended from heaven. This is not an angel in the sense that we know of angels and we think of angels. Now, the word is used that way from time to time, okay? I have no problem with that. But it literally just means a watcher. And you see this in Scripture where you have these uh, divine entities that are called watchers. Uh, particularly in the Jewish writings, uh, like the Book of Enoch and things like that, you have watchers. You know, contemporary uh, uh, media has picked up on this. Uh, things like the X-Files and stuff like that uh, speak of the watchers all the time. And, you know, it sounds sort of creepy and this kind of stuff, but it's actually biblically based what's being communicated and what's being said there. So uh, Nebuchadnezzar is saying, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm looking in the visions of my mind, and I see this watcher a holy one, and he descends from heaven. Verse 14, he shouted out, well, who shouted? The watcher shouted out and spoke as follows. Chop down the tree and cut off his branches, strip off his foliage, and scatter his fruit. Let the beast flee <coughs> from under it and the birds from his branches. Yet leave the stump with its roots in the ground, and with a band of iron and bronze around it, in the new grass of the new field, and let him be drenched with the dew of heaven, and let him share with the beast in the grass of the earth. Verse 16. 
let his mind be changed from that of a man and let a beast mind be given to him and let seven periods of time pass over him. Then verse 17, this sentence is by the decree of the watchers and the decision is commanded to the holy ones in order that the living may know that the most high is ruler over the realm of mankind and bestows it on whom he wishes and sets over it the lowliest of men. Then Nebuchadnezzar says, this is the dream that I had. Now we're, we're out of time here, but there's something extremely substantive here that I want to point out and we'll pick it up in the next episode. He's describing what happens. This watcher comes along and says, hey, let this thing be chopped down, this tree. In the middle of verse 15, it's talking about the tree. Put a band of iron around it while it's out in the new grass in the field and let him be drenched with the dew of heaven. All of a sudden, the tree becomes a him, H-I-M. It becomes a picture of a person. And in the middle of that 15th verse, it changes and the pronouns presented. Let him be drenched with the dew of heaven. Let him share with the beast of the grass of the field. Let his mind be changed from that of a man into the beast mind. That is extremely important. We'll talk more about it the next time, okay? Again, I'm Dale. Thank you for your time, and I'll see you later.